Good morning. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dean Marie. Every Friday here on 1150 AM KKNW, I'll be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities that are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Uh, Aloha, Benny. Hey, Dina. How's it going? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm back from Kauai. This this will be my first show back. Uh, officially, yes. Back on the mainland, right? Isn't that what we call it? Back on the mainland, and I'm a crybaby, so I'm, I'm on Kamano right now. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Big hugs from us back to you. Thank you. I was just, I was just worried about the traffic for the first uh, viaduct. Is, <laughs> was, is there some issues going on or what? Uh, you mean some? They're basically taking it down after all these years, so that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to play it safe and be here on Kamena. We'll do yeah. the show. Yeah. I'm here, and I'll be back next week, and I'll venture out off this beautiful island. And, uh, yeah, I spent uh, two and a half months on Kauai. It's still, uh, like, things are starting to come back to me a little bit at a piece uh, at a time. But I did spend uh, most of my time at the Healing Center or with Phil Warwa, a.k.a. Santa Claus, and Kauai Disc Golf. So it was one of those things where I was driving around in a Jeep with Santa on it, we would stop by towns and he would uh, either do a parade or a gathering at a, a hospital or it's a senior center. And I saw tree lightings. Uh, it, it's still kind of overwhelming. I was driving a slingshot Polaris in a parade. Um, and the best part about Kauai and I think mm-hmm. my adventure mm-hmm. at Christmas is that I got to see the whole island and meet so many locals. We met thousands of children, Benny. Well, you're such a social butterfly. You have to get out and spread your wings, and I'm sure they love seeing you. Well, really, I was like kind of like the reindeer or the elf, and I was taking photos and doing videos of Phil, and the kids were amazing, but I think for me, I was not the, uh, what do you call it, the star. It was Phil. So I was like (laughs) watching someone else shine. Oh, yeah. And the kids lit up, and I actually think the best part was the adults. So... You know, your kids, they, they do Santa, right? Yeah, we still celebrate it. And they're eight? Mm-hmm. They just turned eight yesterday, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, Benny has twins. But there's something special about uh, Christmas when you're with children. I mean, as adults, it's one thing, but I'm redoing it with my grandkids. But it was a very special time, and I did miss all you guys at Christmas, but uh, I was riding my bike in the sunshine every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do. The spirit I lives. Have- the spirit lives. Yeah. Yes, and so one of those people that I ran into off and on on the island, uh, was it October, November, October, and December, was uh, Felicia Cowden. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning. So, Felicia, before we go forward with the amazing events that happened in November for you, I want you to take us to the first time you visited Kauai. Well, you know, the first time I came to Kauai, I, I really didn't even know what to expect, and I had been planning to do a, a, a very different type of vacation. I was 21 years old, and I I ended up in the last moment getting on a plane with my sister, who was 22, and I think I expected it to be like plastic plumerias, lays, and just not real exciting and interestingly do you know who Taj Mahal is he's a, a musician um I've heard of he, him <laughs> he, he's actually a really great musician he just played here again recently but he sat next to us on the plane and he just sort of talked us talked so great about Kauai it's why we ended up coming over here and I was so blown away at the majesty of this place uh 
the waterfalls, the rainbows, the beautiful verdant green, the warmth of everybody. And I think, I think the element that shocked me the most is the mindset of the people. Who you are is not what you do. And I had just finished, <coughs> um, you know, actually I'd, I'd worked a year as an engineer. I used to work for Intel and I liked Intel, but I had a really rough childhood and so much was status driven and accomplishment driven. And, you know, here I'd worked really hard to create all this stuff for myself and I liked the people I worked with. But somehow I even more liked what it was to be kind of free. And, you know, so I, I, I didn't mean to stay, but I'm 56 now and I'm still here. So that's 35 years later. I, I, you know, I stayed. I, I'd lived in a tree house when I was there. I had a just such a very different life than what I had prepared myself for. But I liked the humanity element of it better. It was like I got off the fast lane of our economic system and uh, was good. Island time embraced you. And I, I believe they say it, but it's true. Like somehow you're it's like going back home. You either resonate with Kauai so deeply that you don't want to leave. And a lot of people, I mean, probably 90% of the people that go through the healing center they stay there and I, I, they don't always live there for a long period of time, but they always want to stay a little bit longer. I feel I'm supposed to be there for a little bit, kind of get my um, energy back up and then come back to the mainland. But it's, it's an amazing place. And I feel um, this deep connection. And I, I love the fact that I ran into you on my bike and you're like, Dina, welcome home. You know, yes. It felt so yummy when you said that. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, like at, at the phase I'm at in my life now, even though this has been so wonderful for me, I probably, like when I came at 21, I was maybe not very aware in terms of my own impact on the island. Like if I knew then what I knew now, I probably wouldn't have stayed even though it was so warm and so wonderful for me. And just that the, the continental dominant culture is eclipsing this place. So it's overwhelming this place. I try and be as positive of a element that I can here. And I'm very, very rooted here. But in, you know, in the years that I've been here, like when I did arrive, it had only been a state for 25 years. And back then, you know, you didn't have to say have a credit app or you walk into the bank and you can say, oh, I left my purse at home, but can I have $20? And, you know, they they know who you are and know, right, they give you the $20. You don't have an ID, you know. Um, a store I worked on at that became, I mean, was my store. I mean, I, I married the guy that I worked with and then we opened a bunch of other stores. Um, but people would just come in and we had a little notebook and we would write down what they bought and they'd pay us when they could, you know, it was just a very, very casual world. Well, and beautiful. it is, you know, it's not that, I guess what, what triggered me in saying is you're talking about the mainland and I'm also a radio personality and boy, have I learned not to use those words. I don't use that word anymore. I don't use the word mainland because it's a very, subordinating word and so for the people who have 
lived here for a long time. Now they would be older people, but the people who were adults then, it's not their main land, and it is an offensive word. So I, I, I learned to remove that word, and I'll say Seattle, or I'll say continental United States, or I'll, I'll pick some other word, because that's not where people who really have a deep root here perceive as their main land. Yeah, and and there's a lot going on on the island that you're real you're entrenched in. And I only use it because I live on Camino, and I feel like Seattle is. <laughs> I have an island I live on, so I, I accidentally use it a lot. But uh, I understand that there's so much more going on in Kauai because I know the locals, and you are again. I have to say the word entrenched because you know what's really going on in the island. That's how I kind of met you through uh, Seth. Yes, I, I am entrenched. Then, you know, the, the young man whose song you used to open the stores, I mean, the show is, I think, probably the main way I did meet you, actually. I mean, it might have been on Facebook, but um, there was a big movement going on at the time in an area that traditionally was called Wailua Nui Aho Ano. And it was a, a very, traditionally, very, very spiritual place. I mean, I have to be careful with that because everywhere is spiritual, but that was like the key leadership central area. And uh, there was a, a movement of indigenous Hawaiian people going on. And so, you know, one of the things I do is I, I amplify the stories that people are telling me People call me when they're about to get arrested even. A lot of times I'm at court and it is, you know, the political actions that are going on. And um, so because I have a lot happening with that community, is where I'm sensitive to that word. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really conscious in talk radio of the words that I choose. When you have a microphone on your voice when you're amplified to a large audience and I want to say aloha to everybody listening and lots of love to people out there in the Seattle area um you just have to be really conscious so I have learned that my my listeners have changed who I am as a as a person so, so tell my listeners what what type of show that is that you do well I do talk radio and I inherited the show. It's called Kawaii Soapbox. And I think, honestly, for many of the people, the younger people, they don't even know what soapbox means, but it used to be in Trafalgar Square. That's in England. People would get up on their soapbox and project what was important to them and be able to just really say, hey, you know, I want everybody to know that. And so the talk radio that I do is it amplifies the community voices that aren't normally going to have um, an audience, certainly in media, certainly in commercial media. I'm on Kauai Community Radio, and that's listener-supported. And we broadcast across Kauai and actually across Oahu, which is where the big city of Honolulu is, and we are live streaming on the, the Internet. And the show that I'm on actually has become quite a um, a voice for social movements that are going on. And because of things like KKCR coupled with social media, a big change that's happened in the last 10 years is the neighbor islands are all working 
together and including Oahu, but Oahu is where the center of our politics are. And so, and the majority of our population. So the rules that are made are very Oahu centric and which is an urban mindset. And a lot of times the neighbor islands will feel like they are almost like the third world of Oahu. So when there's industries or actions that happen here that people don't particularly want, um, maybe agriculture that uses a lot of intensive pesticides, for these legislators that live in a tall apartment building, Oahu has a lot of tall apartment buildings, you know, where people are disconnected from the land. And on an island like Kauai, we basically have one road that runs around the circumference of the island and not all the way. If you picture it like a a clock, it probably goes from where the hour hand would be at 11.30 around to maybe almost 9. So there's a portion of the island that you can even drive around, but you can't drive across the island. So to go from one end of the island to the other is about 100 miles. And even though the island is 35 miles in diameter, so you can't cross over the center of it. And so we have really very separated areas, and but we're all right next to the water. And so when we have these fields that have, we're research station for chemicals and you know for the pesticides that get used on it on the seeds and so when the 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 pesticides are put on there the drift it's you know it's very close you know so it's it's basically washing the communities in it so there had been a very big resistance to that about I don't know five years ago six years ago and it was a, a huge social movement that, that I learned a lot in, but that happened really loudly on this, this radio and that I'm on, Kauai Community Radio, and then across Facebook, and um, Instagram wasn't as big back then. but And then other elements that we have worked together, and so the, the neighbor islands have grown to really be a huge force to be reckoned with. And I think because of the strength of what Kauai Community Radio has in throwing out to grabbing everybody together, um, we end up having a lot of political clout. And what Kauai is pretty lucky with, we have a senator, his name is Ron Kochi. He's not a progressive senator. He's uh, born and raised here. Uh, He's very smart. Uh, I would say we have very different political views on the world, but he is our Senate president, and and he is, the word would be ma'a, aware enough of the importance of what this voice says that kind of comes out of social media and community radio. He really pays attention to us, and a lot of times, like, the radio has caused me to be extra politically involved and I will go over to Oahu to talk to him or I I mean I could talk to him on Kauai too but I've really learned from being in talk radio how to speak respectfully and how to be constructive so if I go and talk to our Senate president 
I don't say, hey, I don't like what you're doing. You know, we want to do this. <laughs> I say, oh, here's this issue. I notice that you have a different position than I do on it. What is it that I'm not understanding? And I give him the opportunity to give me a lot of the details, and I listen. And I'll tell you what, half the time he's right and I'm wrong. Well, and that's what I've learned about life in general, is listening is probably more important than talking. And I think that we um, have the same thing here on uh, Camino, because Whidbey Island, we're Island County, makes all the mm -hmm. rules, and we're two different islands. I mean, mm -hmm. totally different islands. And everyone says Camino and Kauai, but to me, I, I feel like I have a, a great idea of what you guys go through, because we are so different. And you do have to have a voice going over to the other island and expressing that. Or they forget, actually they forget about us is what they do. So we're gonna take our first break. You're listening okay. to Spirits with Dina Marie. Lift your spirits in Kauai with Jeannie Russell, the owner of Dolphin Touch Wellness Center. Disconnect and recharge with a week retreat, one day excursion, or one of the many healing treatments offered at Dolphin Touch. The center is located in downtown Kapa'a and is a short walk to the beach and bike path. Whether you choose a Dolphin Touch therapy session, a personal retreat, or one of the many spirit lifting activities, you'll experience the magic of Kauai and connect to the amazing people who live there. Visit dolphintouch.org to connect with Jeannie and the beautiful island of Kauai. Feeling the need to get away and reconnect with Mother Nature? Located on Whidbey Island, Earth Sanctuary is a peaceful and magical sculpture garden, nature reserve, and retreat center with two miles of nature trails, three bird-filled ponds, and a variety of powerful sacred spaces, including a labyrinth, stone circles, and medicine wheels. Come and enjoy the wonders of nature and experience personal renewal, spiritual growth, and healing today. Visit earthsanctuary.org or the Earth Sanctuary on Facebook for more information. Mark your calendar, January 13th, 1 to 4 p.m. for Seattle UFO Network's 10-year anniversary and Members Appreciation Fundraiser. Hear about Sufon's history, advances in ufology, and our 2019 presenter schedule. Not a member? No problem. Enjoy our live DJ, open mic, raffle, mini readings, and chance to mingle with our inclusive paranormal community. For more details, see Sufon's meetup site or Facebook page. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you there. Are you looking for an affordable and effective way to market your holistic business? By advertising in Seattle Natural Awakenings magazine in print and online, you will reach a readership of 50,000 ideal customers. And like no other magazine, we also have creative tools to deliver your message to the world. Join the Seattle Natural Awakenings family and let us support you in bringing your business to the next level. To get into our next issue, call 425-350-5448 or visit us online at seattleawakenings.com. We are ready to go to work with you and for you. There's a reason they invented the Internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome 
Welcome back. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. And joining me this morning is Felicia Cowden from Kauai. Welcome back, Felicia. Hi. <laughs> Kauai delay. And you know, uh, I was really excited because when I was uh, riding my bike one day, I went by the library and you were holding a sign. What did that sign say? Uh, was it me when I was campaigning? Could that have been it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yes. I was campaigning. Felicia Cowden for Kauai County Council. Yes. we Over here, we do a lot of... Um, we do a lot of sign waving when we're campaigning. It's different than most other areas in the United States. I think that was a couple days before election. And what what was the outcome of that, Felicia? I, I won. <laughs> I won. And so I'm really honored and humbled. And I'm the only female on our county council. Our council, we're at large. And so it's Kauai and the island of Ni'ihau that, that we represent. And so I think... As um, I visited the island, Kauai, I, I've grown to love it. And uh, there are so many things going on. We could probably only touch on two. But if you had some words of wisdom for people visiting, uh, give me a few of those. I would, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for loving on Kauai and, and for coming. And then um, I want to maybe uh, give some ideas about what it feels like on the receiving end. Uh, the, certainly we have a lot of beautiful resorts and beautiful hotels that are all structured to be receiving people with wonderful aloha and, you know, exactly maybe what people are expecting when they come, right? Because they're the ones doing the promotion. But for the people who are living here, especially uh, the indigenous culture, the Hawaiian culture, it's like you're coming into our house and even more so their house. And there's so many people that house is pretty darn crowded. And so when we've had these big rainstorms, we had a really huge rainstorm and the road is broken and different areas are broken and people kind of went through a lot of trauma on that rainstorm that the, the crowding on the parking and where people are at I will say the people on vacation are probably a little bit frustrated. They might think I spent thousands of dollars to get here and I want to get here and I don't get why I can't go to the very place I wanted to go. Like you can't hike the Nepali right now. The Nepali is our attraction. That's like the grand Canyon, this big, beautiful, amazing coast that's in that portion that the road doesn't run around. Well, you can't get there. Um, and so people are parking in other areas and sometimes maybe they're pretty grumpy that there's no place to park, there's no place to really get to. But my recommendation is, you know, to just really remember that you're in somebody else's home. And a challenge that we have, even when the road is open, <clears throat> is there's not the infrastructure to accommodate the amount of people that are here. And so... Definitely being gentle about what that visit is. And the other thing that is happening, I think, all over the place, I went to Portland. It didn't seem too bad. Like, I'm, I've mostly been here. I haven't been to Seattle beyond the airport in a long time. But we have about 25% of our people are housing insecure, meaning they don't know where they'll sleep next week or maybe even tonight many people are in their cars they're out in the bushes 
but a lot of people are in somebody's garage or on their grandma's couch or we have this struggle that is overwhelming. And so we're, we're kind of a macrocosm, I'm a microcosm of what's troubling the U.S. and the world. But our economic current is so strong. A lot of the, the business is really in the service industry. And so if you're working a hotel or something like that, you don't make enough money to be able to buy the house. Like my little wooden shack, I live in a, a plantation shack. That actually is pretty nice. I mean, I'm so thankful that I have a house and I've got all kinds of food around it. I'm I'm thankful that I have a house. But on a typical salary here, it would cost 15 years of my gross pay to buy this house. So we have a lot of limitations on what can be built because we don't want to crowd the island out. So mostly what's getting built is really, really wealthy houses. I actually have 20 billionaires in the little town that I live in. So the billionaires are pushing out the millionaires. And so I could walk in one direction and it's empty houses that don't allow you to get to the beach anymore. And I could walk in the other direction and there might be 10, 12 people living in a house that's meant for, it could even be more than that, that's meant for much less. So we're sort of become an inverse bell curve of normal people it's the rich and those who wash their cars and so some of the aloha is uh fraying here and so and our social fabric is fraying we have some depression and substance abuse and certainly the prescription drugs are are almost worse and those are the gateway drugs you know they say oh pot's a gateway drug well maybe but um going to the doctor is the gateway drug. And it might be going to the doctor at seven years old. Um, Cause we have this no child left behind and you know, all, all the continental uh, standards that they put on our schools that aren't appropriate for what our community is. Your island's probably the same way. We, you know, people don't want to be in the dominant culture that have, or there's a certainly a, a section of the community that, doesn't just want to be serving people from somewhere else. And so, so we, we do deal with that. Well, and that's what I really want to touch on because Seth, and that's the phone call that I made after he passed. And I did watch you on um, Facebook before that, but then I did reach out to you and uh, Seth and a few other people have opened my eyes here, you know, where I live about pharmaceuticals and, and depression and also grief and, and going to the doctors and getting those prescribed drugs and, you know, sending them home over time. I, I, I believe that's killing small communities on your island. Um, that's um, that and the economy. Yes, because they feel hopeless. And that, that causes depression when you don't have a job and you can't find a well, place. Well, it's, it's not, you know, and it's then happening here. I want to back up on that, too. It's like, you know, having a job in the construct of the dominant culture, people want to do what they're passionate about. Like right now, I feel like I have a dream job. I'm I'm actually loving being a council person because I, and I, I ran on social justice issues and I am the chair of public safety and human services. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to have a little bit more tools in my, my toolkit to be able to address these issues. Um, but people might not like the job. 
that they could get. It's not like there aren't plenty of jobs to be had. There's just not plenty of people who are willing to work them. They can't make enough money to make it work. Everything is too expensive. And when we talk about pharmaceuticals, like one of the things that I've done here, I've, I've had surf and skate shops. That was like really how I have my financial stability. And I used to teach and I taught remedial. So bad little boys are a big part of my constituent group. And they're wonderful people. They just don't want to get staked out like a pit bull pup. You know, when you have a lot of spirit, whether you're female or male, obviously I, I identify with being female, but people have this driving instinct to be connected to the land. When you're at a place that you're looking at all these beautiful waterfalls um, and this amazing culture that exists here that is so tied to the earth and you don't have to be born into that culture to really have your connection be about how do you care for the land how do you um connect with the ocean and you know when we have we're having all this forced vaccination that we're, we're fighting right now and california did it and you know we don't want that we don't want that and to be given 67 shots before you're eight years old no wonder we have adhd or childhood diabetes or whatever an overwhelmed immune system and they give these kids ritalin or you know whatever is the new drug i used to teach in the classrooms a lot and that's an amphetamine. So you're giving a six, seven, eight-year-old amphetamines to overwhelm their hunter spirit, you know, their their spirit that is meant to be active and up in the mountains and out in the sea. And it doesn't really matter what race you are or ethnicity you are, people aren't meant to just sit still all the time and be told what to do sit down shut up and do this they don't want to and we're we're drugging them young we're inoculating them with these in certain parts of the island these poisons that are drifting you know on one side of the island the amount of special ed is overwhelming but across the united states the amount of people who are somehow being damaged is so high and you know we give them you know things like oxycontin when they hurt their backs or you know that's that's starting to get curtailed but when you look a lot of times it's grief or injury or just having too much energy to be locked down we give them these drugs when they're little and we are in this economic straitjacket and you don't have a place to live and you're crowded and and so there's suicide and can I can I say that that happened to Seth? I mean Yes, Seth took his life and he was a very creative slash ADHD OCD, whatever. And the bottom line is I deal with it all the time here. I I, I work with two kids usually here. I give them something that they love to do, whether it's dance or cooking or and I encourage Seth, to keep fishing, to keep being outside, and to play his music. But, again, you're talking about, you know, finding a job where it stifles your creativity. It takes who you are, and it conforms you, especially when you start taking meds. Meds, and I'm, I have to start talking about it because it's epidemic, and I'm starting to get angry. Because if you don't feel good and you go to a doctor, they prescribe. And I, I deal with it on a daily basis. And yeah, have I been depressed? Yes. Have I, I think I even have PTSD. But the bottom line is when I'm having a bad day, if I can go sit at the beach 
force myself to do something in nature, and I do force myself, I feel better. And I know if I take, would have taken a drug, you know, seven years ago when I was really depressed, then I guess I, I would have lost who I am. And I, I, I love uh, Seth's spirit, but yeah, was he a little bit hyper? Of course he, he was. And I just bless his beautiful soul. Uh, if you can listen to the song, I've played it many times, but he sings this beautiful song about Kauai and it is about being in nature. It is about being with uh, your family. It, it, if, I, if I can add to that, it's about having a sense of purpose. Uh -huh. So during the Standing Rock time, there was a whole lot less depression, drugs, alcohol, um, and, and violence on the reservation. During the Mauna Kea movement up there, it was so healing for many, many people. It was amazing. Mauna Kea, where they're fighting having a big telescope put on top of the mountain. And like in Seth's thing, though it wasn't enough for him, <clears throat> there was a, a lot of sobriety and rehabilitation of broken hearts in this movement that they had at Wailua Nui Ano in trying to reclaim and protect from the economic system another big hotel being built and exploiting a critical area. So I think being close to nature, but also living your dharma, you know, living with a sense of purpose that, that matters to you helps you bring it out. And so we have situational depression and a lot of things that work, like I'm on some suicide groups and everything. So when they get granting, you have to say, oh, they're clinically depressed or people get these labels. So the funding comes and then they have to be, if they are clinically depressed, then they have to be on certain drugs. You have to be, you almost have to sign your life away to be getting social security, disability insurance, or you people get on things that puts them in this welfare cycle and it's, you are compelled to show up at the psychologist and compelled to see that you're on a, a regime of drug therapy. And there's all these psychological drugs. There's no long-term studies. What happens when you're on this for 30 years, right? You know, those, those things create this, this problem too. And I am a mediator in courts. Another thing I'm in court all the time. And, um, I, I see, you know, how we throw people in jail just because they have either some mental illness or they're basically too poor to be out, you know? So, so we, across the United States, but Kauai is, if, 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 if Kauai was a nation, we'd be in the top 20 for incarceration. We have, we'd be in the top 20 nations for how many people we're incarcerating and you make it into the paper um, for getting in an argument on the street or shoplifting. And when you look at our top 10, top 20 lists of people of what most wanted, most of them are on a bench warrant. So, um, what we've done is utilized the prison system as the dustbin for getting people off the street. So we stay looking beautiful, right? Uh -huh. So, um, that's a very serious epidemic. And I just want to put one last little thing in there. I know we're almost at the end of your show. Uh, the prison reform study, the task force, just came out in uh, December. I'm going to the legislature next week. I'm going to really push on this. I just love what it says. It just says, oh, we're doing everything wrong and how we could really change it. It really calls out all of it. And it's our chief justice that was the head of the task force. And it's 
you know, insiders, straight people, um, you know, legislators that were also on that task force. We know what we're doing is wrong. And there's this inner, I mean, this national business of private prisons. And somehow we've got ensnared in that. And we got to figure out how to get out of it because I'm really committed to trying to help these beautiful spirits that are creative, amazing people. Seth would be an example of one. How do we allow them to do the golden, beautiful things that they're doing and um, not just simply jail them because they don't fit the dominant culture and they aren't convenient for our industry of bringing visitors over and then selling them mansions? Those are our two industries, you know. And Bring I have to say, I was with Bill, we were doing the parade. He said there was like more kids than he's ever seen. Beautiful, shining faces, smiling, but they were they were like eight kids deep. And and what came out of his mouth is how are we going to take care of these children? And what I would like to do is invite my listeners to listen to your show. Can you give them the time and, and the station? Yes. Um, if people want to listen online, it's KKCR, like Kauai Community Radio would be the last three letters, kkcr.org, org. My show is called Kauai Soapbox. You can always hear it on the archives, too. It's Radio Free America if you look at a Kauai Soapbox on the archives. And I'm on Tuesdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Hawaii time. What time is it there right now? We're two hours off. Two hours off. So it would be uh, 6 no, you're two hours later. Yeah, 6 to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays at kkcr.org. And we've got a really good show coming up this week, too. We, are, we Usually usually it is social justice and empowerment. And like you, I like the name of your show. I try and make my happiness to bummer ratio be at least two to one, you know. Um, we got to look at the difficult things, but we can't just um, wallow in them. It's like, how do we solve them? How do we lift it up? And it's certainly what I'm I'm doing as a political leader. It's one thing to tell a story, but then what are we going to do about it, right? So we can sit mm-hmm. in it for so much time, and then we have to get up and do something about it. Thank you, Felicia, and I will be seeing you again. <laughs> All right. And Benny, nice to meet you. So, um, yes, wonderful. And um, Seattle. We love you. Aloha. Aloha. Stay tuned. You're listening to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie. We plan in the aina to get our food. Join me, Dina Marie, on the island of Kauai. Let me be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. You'll receive daily healing sessions and experience fun, interactive outings to some of my favorite places, sacred sites, secluded beaches, and sunrises that will lift your spirits. Go beyond the tour spots, meet fascinating locals, and leave with amazing memories. Retreats are based on your schedule and budget. For more information, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. My name is Adrian the Champ Starks, and I am an international speaker, author, coach, and the founder of Champion Up. My mission in life is to help individuals overcome their obstacles by searching, believing, 
conditioning and acting upon their winning potential. Why? Because winning is in all of our DNA and you were born to win. So if you really want to believe in that champion in you, go to my website, championup.net, to discover more about your winning potential. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Arnold, and we're the co-creators of The Connection App. Are you busy and sometimes distracted from what really matters? Do you want a simple, easy, and fun way to enhance your relationships? The Connection App helps you develop the connection habits that lead to deeper feelings of love, intimacy, and trust. It's a habit-building app. The Connection App is making together better. Download it for free today at theconnectionapp.com, the App Store, or Google Play. Tune in to Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie every Friday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150. You will be introduced to fascinating people, discover fun places to visit, and be encouraged to participate in activities that will lift your spirits. For a schedule of upcoming guests, visit liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. For archive shows, go to 1150kknw.com. Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie is sponsored by Seattle Natural Awakenings Magazine. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm back from Kauai. This is my first show back. And last year I had a listener decide to give me a call, or I, she emailed me, then I called her, and then she was going to Kauai, and then she was getting married, she stopped by Dolphin Touch, she got a reading, and joining us this morning is Angela Baromes. Hi, Dita Marie. <laughs> <laughs> and you and I and your husband at the time, because you got married, we did a chakra reading, and then you were on the show, and that was last February, and here you are back. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you to you because um, you were a little bit afraid to reach out to me and the whole thing was amazing because you made the call and you acted on it. And not only are you on the show once, but twice. And yeah. I want to thank, thank you for lifting my spirits. Oh, well, you've lifted mine as well. It was, you know, you said to me the first time on the show, you know, follow your intuition always. Go with that first instinct. And as far as my, you know, wedding trip to Kauai goes, my first instinct was to reach out to you. I'd heard your, um, you know, advertisement on the show that you're a radio, or excuse me, that you're a, a tour guide for the soul in Kauai. And I was looking for some off-the-path places there um, for my wedding. And, you know, it, it kind of went full circle, but I finally got back to you and we connected there. And, yeah, and I'm really excited that all this time later we're still connected and doing a lot of fun things together. And on the show, you mentioned you did some work that I'm very interested in. Let the listeners know what it is that you do. Um, yeah, well, at that time last year, when we returned from Kauai, um, my brother and I were participating with the UFOI team as presenters at the UFO Paranormal Summit at Quinault Resort Casino. And um, kind of fast forward to now, I've been working with the Seattle UFO Network. Uh, and we have a big event celebrating Sufon's 10 years on this Sunday. <laughs> and I'm going to go. 
and you're gonna go that's so awesome <laughs> and the best part is when you uh reached out to me i was sitting at dolphin touch which was kind of cool and you told me about your event and i'm totally interested into it into it it's this sunday so i definitely want to go and then we had uh your friend on the show right before i left about yeah. the tours yeah um so you're you're talking about my friend atten and yeah. he's the owner of haunted history ghost tours um, we've known each other for about 30 years and um well, one of the really cool things, you know, at the event this weekend, um, which, by the way, is Sunday, January 13th, 1 to 4 p.m. at Interest Space in Seattle. And for anybody that knows it, that's the old Rainier Beer Brewery that's right off Airport Way. Um, we're going to be, more than anything, having a, a, a big party. There's going to be um, a, a presentation about Soufan's history that's, you know, just a short presentation around 2 o'clock that, there's going to be music from DJ Carlos AM. There's going to be an open mic. Um, it's great for people of every age. And then there is a fundraiser aspect to it where we have three people giving mini readings, including me. And then we have raffle prizes going out every 15 minutes from 2 to 345. Um, my friend Atten is one person who has donated a couple of different packages for admissions to Haunted History Ghost Tours. So you could win that. Um, another really cool prize is an evening skywatch with Lee Strauss from the UFO I team. Um, so all kinds of really cool stuff. And um, and Atten and I, um, I'm a consultant for his business, an intuitive consultant, and he's going to be starting a podcast called Don't Be Afraid. So that's something we're going to be starting up um, real soon. Our first guest for that podcast will be January 15th. Uh, we'll be interviewing Sue Teflon, who's a spiritualist working at Penning Pro Apothecary. And uh, all of the shows, um, you know, after the 15th, going forward on a monthly basis, can be found on hauntedhistoryseattle.com's archives. Say that again because you're muffled. Say it again. Haunted. Oh, hauntedhistoryseattle.com. And that's for the podcast. That's for the podcast. And on Facebook, there is a, an a event a page or event that people yeah. want more information. SUFON, S-U-F-O-N, um, for Seattle UFO Network, has a Facebook page, and they also have a meetup site. There's information on both sites about this Sunday's event. And I just want to say, again, thank you for emailing me. And how, look at that one email. I've had this happen thousands of times. Somebody takes the, the first step, and then it just snowballs, right? Look look how it snowballed. It does. And, you know, again, you, you were so gracious, and you've been so generous, and I, I just love that we can keep passing the torch back and forth. And when I was in Kauai, I had a listener show up, and she and her husband, Donna, <laughs> morning Donna, went to the Hindu temple with me, and it was just, it was it's oh, kind of yeah. strange. It's strange for me for someone to like spend the day with me and know about, you know, Kameno or, you know, whatever I've been doing. And it's, it's, it's scary and, and fun all at the same time, but I love meeting you all in person, not all, but when I can, I feel really blessed because you guys are, um, you, you do make my day, you lift my spirits in. And when you guys are out there doing amazing things, I definitely want to get the word out. So I think uh, it pays to, to reach out. What do you think? I, it totally pays to reach out, and you know, even from, um, you know, reaching out. It, like I'll 
give somebody else a plug, but, you know, Krista, who does the New Spirit Journal, ran an article for me um, about Sufon's tenure, and and it's so interesting the way things come full circle. There was somebody who reached out to her who, you know, literally was experiencing visitations and didn't know what to do about it, and because Krista then had the Sufon information, she was able to give them another resource, so... You know, just like on your show, you want to introduce your audience to fascinating people um, and give people resources. You know, it's the same thing that Sufon does. It's the same thing that Atten and I intend to do with our Don't Be Afraid podcast. So I love that we have a really similar mission. And again, just keep passing that towards. And bless Krista Gibson's heart. I was there when she started the uh, Good Company meeting. I was like, I didn't know it was the first one, but I did actually help her with the magazine and write for her and she really uh, was the foundation for me to like get my book out there. And she actually oh, wrote something. Yeah. I love Krista Gibson and Rhonda. Rhonda is amazing. And uh, so what is the podcast? What is it about? Um, well, again, it's, you know, kind of like what you're doing. It, it, it's creating a community. Um, there's going to be, you know, a paranormal twist to it, but we're going to have a different, um, you know, a different person every month that we interview uh, in the realm of the paranormal. And uh, we've got a number of different people lined up. Atten knows a little bit more about that at this time than I do. Um, but, for example, you know, Coop Teflon, um, I mentioned she's a spiritualist working at Cunning Crow Apothecary. She's also, um, as you might know from the name, uh, you know, a local performance artist. Um, and it's going to be a little bit different each time, but we'll talk about art experiences with the paranormal you know she also has a healing practice um, so we'll just see where those conversations go and again let people who are in the listening audience you know know that there's other people out there having experiences like this and having a resource to reach out to you know one of the big things again about Sufon um, you know the reason that my brother and I got uh, you know to participate with the UFOI team and meet with Sufon now is, you know, we had a close encounter and many other kinds of interesting paranormal experiences growing up that were in some ways, you know, isolating. We didn't have other people we could talk to. It wasn't a, a normalized subject. It, it More and more it's becoming that. Um, but in some ways, you know, it didn't feel like I could authentically share who I was or people were afraid of the subject. And so, you know, um, Sufon is a place, you know, now for 10 years that's been bringing 800-plus, you know, members together to have these kinds of uh, conversations in a safe place. And the Don't Be Afraid podcast will be similar. You know, it'll be bringing people together um, in, in a safe place to know that you're not alone with these experiences and here are resources and here's some really good information if you're going through the same thing. And I've had... Probably, I want to say, almost 100% of my clients as a child or somewhere in their lifetime have some type of experience, and it actually closes your throat chakra because you're so afraid to tell people, and you uh -huh. bite your tongue, and it is really great therapy to actually express something you think you you might be crazy. but And if you tell somebody, and they kind of say, you know, I had the same thing, then you can go back, and you probably had it ha happen multiple times. You know, just by talking to somebody about it really helps you 
well, one, understand it, because we're not crazy. There are things out there that we can't explain. But it was Jeffrey Marks, uh, he, uh, Washington State Ghost Society, we started hanging out together, did a ghost tour in Snohomish. But he and I went back to our childhood where we had these weird things happen, and, and now we both get to talk about it. It's, it's, it's therapy. <laughs> oh, it, it, it is. It's so important, you know, and you use that word crazy. While, you know, so many people having these experiences feel like if I tell you, you will think that I am. And, and when we look at the world, a lot of times that is the feedback the world gives back. But, you know, there's, there's a mystery in this. I mean, that the, when we can put the science together and we can have empirical studies or we can show on video, you know, and corroborate that, you know, it makes a stronger case. But, you know, the world is, is kind of crazy. <laughs> and it's so important, as you said, on, you know, the energetic level, on the spiritual level, to have supportive community and speak the truth. And, um, you know, even with my brother and I growing up in the same home, it's so interesting how, you know, it wasn't until just a couple of years ago when we looked back at our close encounter and started talking about it again that we found there were things after so many years that we were still just discovering, you know, even about that experience. Like, you know, how come the very last thing that we remember is looking up into the sky and seeing this giant craft and then the memory just stopped? It was those kinds of questions that, you know, brought my brother to his first meeting and then me to mine. Um, and, and it even made the trajectory for my whole life course, which was, you know, I, I studied psychology, you know, my my bachelor's is in psychology, and then my master's is spiritual psychology and consciousness, health, and healing, because I really wanted to know, you know, what, what is, it's not that I'm crazy, you know, what, what in the world is crazy, and it's, 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 you know, a big mystery, like, when we start unraveling it, it's just, you know, one nesting doll inside the next one, and then there's empty space and more mystery inside, so I don't know if we ever have the answer. But the more that we come together as a community, we put together those puzzle pieces and get a bigger picture and a bigger sense that we're not alone. There's so many people having these same experiences that it's really, I don't think, as unusual as society makes it out to be. And I think we'll find out more and more that that is the case as more and more people start sharing and talking about these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watch the data and shut our mouths. But you know what? The more we get together and talk about it, the bigger it is and the stronger we are. Angela, one more time. Where are we going to be Sunday? Uh, on Sunday, we're at Interest Space and the Old Rainier Beer Building. That's January 13th from 1 to 4 p.m. Yay, and I'm so glad to have you back on the show. I'll see you Sunday, and then I'll have Autumn, Autumn, Autumn <laughs> back on the show because he was fascinating. Yay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Love it. If anybody wants to reach out to me, you can go to liftyourspiritswithdinamarie.com. Obviously, you can email me, right, Angela? Yes. <laughs> so reply. Yay. But we're going to end the show with uh, Seth Yamamoto, I Live Kauai. And uh, thank you for joining us. Come back next week for more people, place, and activities that will lift your spirits. We plan in the Aina to get our food.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.